and welcome to No Such Thing as a Bad Movie podcast. I'm April Mansky, and I'm here today with... Justin DeClue! And Colin Cunningham. <gasps> Where'd Colin <laughs> go? Good. Why is Marlon Brando here? That's what are you talking about? That's what I'm going to do a podcast. That doesn't actually sound like what he sounds like in this movie. Which no, is funny, because we'll get to it. Because Val Kilmer's <laughs> doing like an old Marlon Brando impersonation of not the guy he's doing in this movie. <laughs> Okay, so we're talking about The Island of Dr. Moreau from, is it 1996? 1996, yeah. And now this was the listener request uh, request mm. from our Bad Movie Lottery from uh, Matt Cote. Great pick, I gotta say. Yeah, this is really I, good. I was really happy because I had never seen this. I- I'd seen it a long time ago and I barely remember it. I've seen it like three to five times and I forget what happens every time. (laughs) And every time I start watching it, I'm like, I like John Frankenheimer. He's a he's a good director. And uh, I like Marlon Brando. That's weird. Oh, yeah. David Toulis is in this. I always forget. And then the movie plays. And yeah, we'll get to it. I'm like, everyone's just hanging out. Not much is happening. Yeah. It's like a hangout movie. Yeah, it's a hangout movie with the monster men and women. Yeah, this is a movie that's probably more well-known for the documentary that came out, Lost Soul, uh, The Doom Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau, which is a fantastic documentary because so much shit went down behind the scenes on this movie. Yeah, and I mean, I saw that documentary without seeing this movie. Um, <laughs> and then, so seeing it is kind of like putting another puzzle piece together. Yeah. But like, oh my God, the stuff that went on. Like, we can't really get into it, but just watch that documentary. It's it's streaming on Amazon Prime right it's now. It's so good. And yeah, I had heard all these stories. So I worked with a guy years ago, probably in the late, yeah, it must've been like 97 or something like that. And he was telling me stories because he worked at Digital Domain, which worked on this movie. <laughs> um, oh man, the digital effects <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> Which I, there's not uh, a lot, there's, but they're they few and far between. They stand but, out. Uh, yeah. There's some rats that show up that uh, make their presence known. Yeah, there's maybe like six shots or something. like there's that. There's like a, a a shot of one of the like hyena men running away, yeah. or like the lion yeah. man, and it's CG. Uh, Mark Mark Dacascos. Yeah, yeah, your favorite. Yeah, uh, not in this man. enough. <laughs> oh, he's yeah, barely, oh, he's barely in, in it. It may as well not even have been him. I don't know why they hired him. But uh, his yeah, soulful so he, eyes, obviously. He was telling me stories from on the set way back in the day, and I don't think the movie had come out yet uh, because his friend Kevin Mack was the visual effects supervisor, so I guess was on set. And he was telling me stories about Marlon Brando uh, showing up in white face, wearing tidy whities and a muumu. I'm like, okay, that's ridiculous. That he wore a bucket on his head, mm-hmm. uh, and that he wanted to be a dolphin would act like a dolphin and was just like stalling and lo the production. and behold, none of this was in the script all of this i was <laughs> like okay you always kind of take it with a grain of salt whatever and then i saw the movie i'm like okay a couple of those things and then the dolphin thing came out in the in the documentary i'm like oh my god that's true like all this stuff was true yeah like all that stuff and more and what was the, what was your story about was it like a trade screening or whatever where they showed the picture the video of, of oh okay, the, okay. Of the monkey man running and yeah so there was uh oh, you've told the story on the podcast before i I'm did just yeah. laughing thinking about it but tell it again. yeah it was a computer graphics conference that they'd have every year called seagraph and every year all the big effects companies would hold this conference it's just like a big gathering. It would be like, you know, four or five days or something like that. And all these big effects companies like ILM, Digital Domain, you know, Weta would uh, have these hiring sprees. They would rent out a suite in a hotel. Uh, you would meet somebody at their at their booth and say, oh, I want to work for ILM or 
whatever, and they'd say, yeah, come to, come to our hiring suite. You kind of wait in this hotel, and they would have a, a, a room set up where they do an interview, but then they'd have like a, uh, a TV with like their demo reel playing, like just showing you all the work that they've worked on. So I was with a friend, and this friend is notoriously kind of speaks sometimes without thinking. <laughs> is he a bit of a spaz, if you will? No, 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 no. This, okay. this wasn't him. Uh, it's my friend Alan, and uh, he, he just can't stop himself sometimes from saying things. So the producer was showing us the demo reel, the ILM's, or sorry, Digital Domain's demo reel, and all of their work from Dr. Moreau was on this, and then... <laughs> So they're like, oh, this is new stuff. You know, it hasn't been released yet. Cutting they, edge. We've done stuff that no one has ever done before. Yeah. So then they cut to the shot of Mark Dacascos' creature, uh, like the he's hyena like guy. running back away from the camera. He's kind of hopping across a stream on these rocks. Mm. And the mm. animation was so, like, it looked like really bad stop so motion. So when I started laughing when you told that story, I imagine it was like a thousand people sitting in a giant auditorium. No. Nope. And no, they're no, no, like, no, no. look at the technology we have oh, now. Yeah, I thought it was more people and then they show like that shitty shot on loop imagine imagine (laughs) it was just a couple people at a booth yeah no no it was in a hotel suite so imagine being with like the head of production of vfx Mm -hmm. uh in someone's living room and she's there with just you and your friend showing you this reel you know and she's looking at your faces studying them being like huh huh no so that shot came up (laughs) <laughs> with the guy hopping across the stream and my friend just goes, yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like so embarrassed. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And uh, we're just like, oh, okay, okay. And then like later he's like, oh God, I couldn't help myself. Like, well, what do you say? And the producer's like looking at us like, hey, look at this amazing work. Oh, you're work never going to work at Digital Domain. <laughs> and then we, had, we hadn't even got in for our interviews yet. And he's just like, yeesh. <laughs> oh, wait, you were interviewing for a job? Oh, yes. <laughs> you're like, oh, well, I guess back to working on Santa Claus too. <laughs> I'll just take my demo reel back, please. Uh, it's funny because Alan actually did end up working for Digital Domain. <laughs> oh, that is funny. They yeah. didn't care, I guess, about his comment. No, no, no. But so, uh, like, we was... like your gumption, not this other guy, Colin, who kept it all on the inside. You tell it like it is. You tell it like it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, like the classic trope where it's like, oh, I like you. You get a promotion for insulting yeah. me. Yeah, you're fired. Yeah, well, fuck you. Oh, I like your style, kid. You're hired yeah. again. Yeah. How would you like to be my uh, second in command? <laughs> Uh, so Dr. Monroe um, I actually really enjoyed watching this movie I agree the first three quarters is kind of like baffling like what is happening what are they doing what's the story Mm -hmm. Um, they're just hanging out man (laughs) there's literally a photo of like David uh, Thewlis like leaning against a tree and Val Kimmer just looking off into space (laughs) that I forgot to send you guys and be like ah just hanging out yeah it pretty much sums it up I mean, but, when you know what happened behind the scenes, um, it, it makes total sense yeah. that mm-hmm. they were, had to cobble together a movie. Um, I, oh, wait, before we move on, I just want to say my claim to fame is I, I'm, I was in the same, at the same party as Richard Stanley once. <laughs> so, well, I've been I, I at was, the same was, party with Richard Stanley tons of times. I've talked we, to Richard Stanley. We were all at he the same stand, party. He was standing next to me. I just want to say I stood next to Richard Stanley once. Did he tell you about the like demon that uh, he carries around with him all the time that gives him good luck? No, I didn't talk to him, but he <laughs> still was a very supernatural uh, man. Yeah, he's yeah. like a, he reminds me of like a kind of Alan Moore type, you know. He's a yes, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's a Wiccan. 
Uh, he carries around the soul of Marlon Brando in his medallion around his neck. And I know that like he got in over his head with this movie, but his version would have been so much better. I th- like, they only gave him like two days, didn't they? They gave him nothing. Well, and then things went wrong that were out of his control. Like the, the hurricane happened. Like mm-hmm. his assistant got bitten by a poisonous spider and her flesh melted off. Apparently, I hope she's OK. She may have lost her hand. Um, and then the Brando, Brando didn't even show up when he well, was supposed to, his, so they had to shoot around him. Brando's daughter committed suicide yeah. right before the shoot. So again, these aren't his, his fault, his, but... I think it just sort of came down to his, just, his directing style. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he rubbed certain people the wrong... And of course, it's Val Kilmer's fault because he just didn't like him, so he was pressuring the studio to replace him anyway let's talk about the actual movie yeah so <laughs> try not is, to get into the behind the scenes it's pretty much a movie that happens when two of your stars kind of you know take the production ransom basically or hostage well john frankenheimer say. was a jerk too but then bigger yeah. jerks came in and bullied him i think so. it was basically you know richard stanley's style of directing wasn't uh assertive enough you know and all these sort of things started happening and piling up and then you've got this asshole star Val Kilmer mm-hmm. uh, and then Brando just sort of walking over him uh, that yeah the studio hired him brought in John Frankenheimer who got like a three picture deal uh, he knew the studio was desperate and I think it's like mm-hmm. his wife prodded him on like you know get as much as you can money wise and he got a three picture deal and some crazy payday to do this movie uh, and you know judging from the actors in the documentary like he really wasn't into it he was really, mean to everyone yeah. and yelled at everyone. It's uh, probably the producer told him, like, we need someone assertive to take control of this production that's just gone off the rails. And, like, he came in, like, you know, barking at everybody. Um, clearly did not give a shit about the story, didn't really care, just saw it as a job to finish. You know, he was kind of brought on as, like, a, a work-for-hire director. Just to, I mean, to, that's what John Frankenheimer has always done. He's, yeah. like, taken over tons of productions before <laughs> and just finished them. Well, I mean, the one Frankenheimer movie I really liked that I think I've seen is The Manchurian Candidate. I think mm-hmm. that's a fantastic movie. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I... Uh, uh, uh. It was well, he's got because Ronin and... Yeah, Ronin was pretty good. Uh, reindeer games who can forget reindeer games <laughs> i want to see that at some point uh, it was actually supposed to be richard stanley's ronin and richard stanley's <laughs> reindeer games richard stanley's reindeer games uh, love it real reindeers oh no i really like john frankenheimer he did like seconds is another great movie criterion put that one. one out i know that one is supposed to be uh amazing. french connection 2 who can forget french connection 2 i think i have what happened in that one <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I think, um, Cars? you know, Popeye, know. a.k.a. Gene Hackman, goes Popeye on Doyle. a vacation. Okay. He goes to France. It's a classic Rush Hour 2 template. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but getting back to the movie. I mean, John Frankenheimer kind of shoots it as dispassionately yeah. and, you know, just efficiently as he can. Why don't you go lenses here? Move the camera a little bit. That's it. There's Get out of way, everybody's way. There's way too many close-ups in this with wide-angle lenses. Oh, he loves just, those. That's his makes, style. It makes it, everything look disgusting. Yeah, especially when you got, like, David Seulis' like, face. I like, know, and I love David Seulis. <laughs> I do, too. But... I did not want to see his face that close. <laughs> and um, The I only like time I, was... I want to see David Seulis that close is when I'm making love to him. <laughs> it's like I... Going, oh, Colin. It's <laughs> like I was watching a Danny DeVito movie. He likes to use wide-angle lenses. Oh, he does. Me. Barry Sonnefeld as well. Uh, well, we should start the plot of the movie where smash cut a bunch of people on a uh, life raft and there's a fist fight. 
Yeah, I am. I was so confused. At, at was even it was narration too. Like I was on a boat, the boat that I was on <laughs> sank. It was confusing was, and it was too fast. I was stuck on a dinghy with two men, and then these. Two I actually army like guys. this opening because and they're like fist fighting, and one of them gets thrown in the water, and some stock footage of shark eats <laughs> yeah, them. There's like a shark that does not pay off. <laughs> no. Like, yeah, where are the shark men? But then, yeah. What, yeah, the two army guys like fall off into the water, and then David Thulos is having a nap or something. I don't know. <laughs> he takes advantage of the situation and clubs the one guy with a. Oh, okay, okay. And then so he's the only one left. But we never find out why he was out there. He says we were on a peace mission or something. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What's really important is that they miss the opportunity for one of the guys to fall in the water. The shark attacks him. And then David Sulis pulls his body up and there's only half of him. Which needs to happen anytime there's an aquatic attack. Yeah, I would have loved it. And then David Sulis goes to the other side of the the dinghy. And he's like, oh, what's this tarp over here? And he pulls the tarp, and it's like a, it's like a tiger. And then he's like, stuck, <laughs> he's stuck with the tiger. It's Life of Pi. Oh, Life man, it Pi. would be so much better if it was David Thewlis and Life of Pi. It's Life of Pi, but then it's not a tiger. It's like a tiger hybrid. It's like Yeah, a, it's like a tiger <laughs> man. I hated that movie. Um, but yeah, Oh, so- wait, do you hate that movie? Is that another April hate something with the fury? It is. I really didn't like it when it came out. Maybe yeah. if I read the book, I would enjoy it. Oh, no, you probably wouldn't. Uh, so moving on, we have uh, <laughs> David Thewlis takes a nap after this fist fight. Yeah, 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 he's picked up on a big boat uh, by Val Kilmer. And are there there animal people on the boat? I think there I don't are. think no, so. No, there are. Oh, okay. But it was here that I uh, remembered. Oh yeah, this movie has like no tension in it because like he gets taken by Val Kilmer's boat, wakes up, and they just you know they undock. No worries. <laughs> it's just like yeah. any other day. He has like actual animals he's bringing to. Mm-hmm. That's right. He has like rabbits, the bunnies, and other things, and. Uh, did you guys notice that Val Kilmer has two watches? Why? I have a lot of questions. Why? I'm sure <laughs> he's wearing he had two some watches. Idea oh God, why. Almighty! Um, but David Thewlis doesn't really seem to be like that particularly bothered until, <laughs> no, like, a, little, like, until a little later anything. when he realizes that he can't leave. His his character is so baffling to me in this movie, and I don't know whether it just it's, feels like it, it, things were cut. It feels like know? entire scenes are missing, but I don't know if that's the case though, because I, I don't know how he's just going to, with the flow, man. <laughs> Whatever happens, has, happens. He, he's very nonplussed about yeah. most of the things that happen. He's to like, him. oh, beast men. Hmm. Yeah, he has like no reaction. Freaks out later, but he doesn't. There's just something missing or wrong about the way he's acting. Something is very off. Love David Thewlis, but there's just something. I feel like David Thewlis has a real like I don't want to be making this movie kind of feel to it. Oh, probably not. He wasn't in the documentary. He's not mentioned once. Yeah, he's not even in the documentary. That's insane, considering he stars in the film. Yeah, they talk about the guy who was was cast as his role they interview him i think it was bruce willis first oh yeah but they didn't get bruce willis but no the, i thought bruce willis was supposed to do the val kilmer role uh, no I no have... bruce willis was supposed to be the leading man role okay. yeah and then that it makes was going sense to, and then it was going to be james woods as, as, val, kilmer. as val kilmer's oh, man role. oh i was gonna say if james been... woods was in the david thewlis role he could have given some big reaction shots but can you fucking imagine you're you know, you're directing a movie and your stars are Marlon Brando, Bruce Val Willis, Kilmer. Bruce Willis <laughs> and, and James Woods. What, like, a, what nightmare. a nightmare. That would be three of like the biggest assholes. Like, well, you've as ever bad met. as Val Kilmer is, uh, 
those other two probably not easy to work with either. I, you know what? I feel like James Woods would be would, would at least try. You know, yeah. Bruce yeah, Willis. Yeah, I think he would be difficult. He would try. Bruce Willis wouldn't try though. He would just he, not give a shit. And yeah. then Brando. Nineties, he would have tried. Yeah, maybe. Uh, have you seen Mercury Rising? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. Ooh. But anyway, some other guy, some Canadian actor. I think who was in Northern Exposure was supposed to play the David Thewlis role and he was in it when Richard Stanley was directing it but when they went on hiatus he begged them he begged them to let him leave production yeah I think he called Bob Shea at New Line and was crying on the phone because he's like please my career is going to be so much more no I think the guy who none of us can remember his name no I think he yeah he was really he was like bawling like please please let me out of my contract because I think Val Kilmer had already started being a huge asshole to everybody on set at that point um, oh, the it was Rob Moreau is oh, the guy okay, that we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Rob Moreau? Wait, Moreau? Like the yeah. island of Dr. Isn't Moreau? The Dr. Moreau? <laughs> yeah. He's like, this was a film I was made for. Oh, no, it's spelled like Moreau. It's Moreau. Like Moreau, Moreau, yeah, M-O-R-R-O-W. <laughs> so, yeah, he couldn't take the just the environment on set, and but I don't blame him. Not that, again, nothing against David Thewlis, yeah. but this character is supposed to be like a leading man, an every man, a kind man. David <laughs> Thewlis is a character actor. Yeah, so. he, he doesn't have that vibe to him. He, he's it, creepy. He's creepy, yeah. <laughs> when he's introduced, well, he's like taken on the island and then uh, Val Kilmer kind of says, I'll be back, hold on. And then you see Feruza Balk's character uh, sort of dancing. Dancing and to an he's Indian such song. a lecherous creep in this scene. It's so gross. So he's like, he's his character her. from the Mike Lee film Naked. <laughs> Not a pleasant <laughs> that, man. That's the movie I was trying to ex- explain to you about while we were watching this. Oh, okay. I'd never actually seen it. So I don't know why I was talking about it. Like, Nike, just, he's, he's watching her and, and he's, he's just, like, she's beautiful. <laughs> also, I love Feruza Balk and she deserved much better than this movie. Um, I mean, don't you feel the sparks fly when David Seelis <laughs> and Feruza Balk get together? And that's the thing. They don't even... So she's like, you want to get off the island? So she like pulls him away to some to the animal colony, which is not getting him off the island at all. Well, I, they are chased. They make it to the beach. Yeah. Well, basically, yeah. Wait, Val is kinda... that the part where you get like the best shot in the movie where it's like the operation room where like a wolf, an animal person is giving birth? I think he sees that first and gets scared and runs yeah, away. Yeah, he's like, oh, I mean, I would be scared too. I'd be yeah. like, ah! Val Kilmer kind of shows him to his room and locks him in. And he says, this is for your own good. And then he picks the lock and gets out at night and kind of sneaks around the the sort of area, you know, lab. And then, yeah, he finds this like, I don't know what, what it was, like a swine hybrid lady giving birth. It's really gross. And well, then Feruza Balk's like, yeah, I'll help you get off the island. They make it down to the beach, but then they're, <laughs> they're What's really funny chased. about that scene is that, like, they see all that stuff, they run to the beach, and then Feruza Balk stops because she sees, like, a dead rabbit. She's like, <gasps> and yeah, it's, like, giving all this deal. weight. It's like, we just saw, like, a, like a, like a, a monster <laughs> yeah, birth. There's bigger things here going <laughs> yeah, on. The thing with that is apparently the, the, the human-animal hybrids are not allowed to eat meat, which is insane to me. Then why are you... B- breeding carnivores with humans well, yeah they're okay. not allowed to kill. this is my main question mm. why are they doing any of this stuff? <laughs> he kind of, yeah like, i know it, it's kind of brushed he over god he, he wants like, to all create... you need to say is like oh you know if we do this cancer cells can be healed or something like that that yeah. line is never even thrown out they're just no. like i want to make animals and people come together 
Because I love having why, sex with some, I guess. I it's, it's why I have an island. I thought yeah. that there was some line about, I'm taking the best from both creatures I to think create the, thing, yeah. the ultimate creature. Yeah, he wants to make something that can not like, harm other beings. Yeah, like a pure being. He, well, he saw not. animals as being pure, but then like all these sort of hybrids that he's just sort of let roam the island or kind of like failed experiments. And that uh, Feruza Balk's like his daughter it's kind of implied. i thought it was his real daughter apparently i know they're she, all his children though because they all call him right, father yeah well she's just another hybrid even though she looks human and later she gets cat teeth and she's like yeah because she to... retrogrades or <laughs> retro evolves or whatever uh, regresses yeah. retro regresses but i, thought I wish she... they turn into like giant monsters like 10 feet tall it's like ah no they retro regress like goku and dragon ball justin de Clues, island of dr moreau oh i would love it would be like guyver it's just like like everyone's martial arts fighting and they're monsters. Well, I mean, now that we're talking about like the monsters, I mean, it goes without saying the monster effects in this movie are fantastic. Yeah, they're great. Stan Winston. Some of the best, you know, makeup effects I've seen, especially at this time. And there's so much of it. Cause they're the just budget. shot so shittily. It's just like, here you go. I agree. Just here. I agree. But I think it looks fantastic. Um, I love like the, I loved all the monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, the Django Fett is in this movie. Yeah, Timur Morrison. What is name? Timur Morrison. I'm never going to remember hey, that. Hey, Ron Perlman's in this movie, too. The Beast yeah, himself. Of well, course. It goes without saying. Of course he's in this movie. Yeah. And, it's um, like, li- listen, you can't legally make a monster makeup movie without having the Pearlster in here. But, like, I think he, Timur Morrison was actually good. Like, he's great Yeah, he's in kind of, movie. he's really creepy He has movie. a character... Uh, See, they didn't develop characters at all in no. this, so you have to kind of take what you can get. But I also loved the guy that played Hyena, who's like the main monster who takes over the island at the end. Yeah, Hyena Swine. He's he he's good. great. He he's really, really good. good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, my favorite part is definitely checking IMDb and being like, oh, the lion man that gets killed after 10 seconds of screen time is Mark Dacascos. I swear to God, he's in two shots. Yeah, I think because he's the one who killed the rabbit, and because you're not allowed to kill, yeah. Um, well, they kind of see uh, him. He gets murdered by yeah, one so of the other. Yeah, so Timur kills him. They're trying yeah. to escape the island, and then they come across him at a stream, and he kind of looks up, and his mouth is covered in blood, and then he kind of runs. <laughs> then he turns into CG and runs away. CG. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, maybe that's what Marlon Brando was trying to do. He's like, I want to make the best uh, <laughs> CG thing that Marshall, exists. Marshall. A CG effect. So they things- can go from flesh to computer generated these still look a little stop motiony <laughs> we gotta fix the motion blur Wait, wasn't there supposed to be stop motion in this i think mm. i remember richard stanley saying that he said that was one of the creatures uh mm-hmm. that he wanted to be stop motion it was like this weird they show a lot of his designs well, he uh, had a lot of ideas yeah a lot of like unused designs in the uh, documentary <laughs> and they looked really cool there was like this crazy weird panther thing that they fight and oh. um, my other favorite thing that uh, doesn't count because it's not of the movie is that looking at IMDb I was like boar man Neil Young yeah I know I think we all said the same thing minutes like, <laughs> yeah remember he sings zone? he brings out his guitar at the campfire and he's like singing Harvest Moon Mm. Um, but, <laughs> where are we from here? Well, I mean, I think it's well. Brando arrives on the island, but around that time, he has this like uh, dog whistle kind of type thing, where if he hits a button, the the monsters will all 
it's just like a pain ship. He's got this medallion around his so neck. So it's like a big deal when Hyena realizes where his is and takes it out. And that's like. Yeah, because he sees the burned body of Mark Dacascos. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Not, not ju- actually Mark Dacascos. Him yeah. as a lion man. We're, we're kind of jumping ahead. This is like the first time, you know, Fruza Balk brings David Thewlis to this like animal village. And this yeah, is like the like first time you see Dr. Moreau. Uh, and this intro is ridiculous. If you've. You know, hadn't seen any pictures of Dr. Moreau before this or what Marlon Brando looks like. It's absurd. I mean, it's it's really funny. And, and <laughs> it's this, so mo- I guess this movie is enjoyable. It's not boring or annoying. It, it is a little slow, yeah. but there's always like insane stuff. And, you, and you're just like, why was this choice for the, made? For the first half, I would say. Until yeah, I, I really I feel, like the second I, half. I think the actually. problem is the film has no tension. So yeah. like in the second half, you're like, what is going on? Who am I following? Like they didn't even bother doing like good animal people and bad animal people if you want to go down that path or like what are their goals like what's going on see i think mm-hmm. that they did but that didn't make it in the movie i think yes. that was in the script yeah probably yeah. yeah but this is like marlon brando's intro and holy shit so he's wearing this is like everything my friend told me he's like in white face wearing a giant muumu and like a i don't know it looks like a bishop's hat and apparently this is just what he was wearing this has nothing to do with the character at all <laughs> this is just like the clothes this he brought him. from home yeah <laughs> listen it was hot outside and he really wanted to put some sunscreen on well, which is point, i believe that's what they established because he takes yeah. it off yeah. at one point <laughs> But he has this big kind of like uh, face wrap as well. It wraps around his head. It's like pantyhose or something on his head. And I'm like, the invisible man. <laughs> Cheese cloth. And he's got, he's got this ridiculous British accent. He's like, oh. <laughs> do it, Colin. Do it. I, I don't even. He's like, yes, he my, do my boy. Like he talks like this. Like yeah, this he talks up. like this, which is really funny because Val Kilmer, like I said at the beginning of this episode, just does the classic Marlon Brando yeah, later on. Later on. And you know he's just riffing and that wasn't even in the mm. script. In oh, man. Marlon, I mean, Val Kilmer is just riffing throughout this movie. Oh, At one point, he's like, hey, what did he win a Nobel Prize for? He's like, I don't know. He invented... Uh, uh, what does he say? Not scotch tape. It's something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, like Velcro. Uh, Vel- yeah. He invented Velcro. Oh, wait. I forgot to point out something else that really set this in time. Right at the beginning, when the opening credits happened, I'm like, God damn it. What am I watching? Spawn? And it's like, these are Kyle Cooper opening credits. Oh, are they really? Yeah, yeah I know, I know I what mean, you, you mean. You can tell. Yeah, it's like the, the super fast like montage. Super fast cutting, yeah. It's like, whoa, needle, needle going into vein. You know, yeah, that was very 90s. Blood cells. They did something mm. like that in like The Craft, even, speaking of Feruza Balk. Mm. Like, it's, it was just the style at the time. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Kyle Cooper 7 was huge. It's just funny that all of his title sequences, I mean, a lot of them look the same. Yeah, they're very identifiable. Yeah. This movie, though, I feel like it needed more new metal. Did it have like a crazy soundtrack, though? <laughs> no, I don't think yeah. so. Uh, wow. Did it have the, all the, the hits from guy. the island of Doctor Moreau? Was that the movie? Megadeth. The movie we were watching that had the fake Thomas Newman cues. Was was that it? Oh, what was that movie? I think oh. that was. I think that was Moreau. We were oh yeah, it was. Because I'm a big Thomas Newman's fan, mm-hmm. as some of you know. <laughs> you are? <laughs> I love his movie scores. And he has a certain sound. He's very minor. And uh, he he has reoccurring themes that come up a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this sounds like Thomas Newman. And it's not. I don't think it was anybody famous. It's, it's very recognizable. And it's I'm like, this is music that they use constantly in movie trailers. 
Yeah. Wait, what are the great Thomas Newman scores? Oh, well, uh, Wally is fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really like uh, The Green Mile, and uh, American Beauty is pretty famous. He recently did 1917. Is that that um, yep. movie? Yeah, he did 1917. Um, he did a lot of Sam Mendes movies. He did the music for Skyfall. Yeah, he did. He did does, it looks like he does a lot of Steven too. Soderbergh. I don't associate those films with great soundtracks, but maybe I just don't have April's ear. <laughs> okay, who does? I'm not being sarcastic. Who did, yeah. who did this movie soundtrack? I'm looking it up. It's nobody that I recognize, that's for sure. But I, I just knew the musical cue because I'm like, I've heard this a hundred times in in movie trailers. Dun, 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 oh yeah, the guy dun, dun. that did a bunch of he did Double Team, he did Under Siege. Ooh, <laughs> classics. So uh, they probably got him for cheap. Oh, so he's probably won so many Oscars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so where are we in the movie at this point? Uh, we are at, oh. let me see, da-da-da-da-da, bad CGI, um, has a medallion <laughs> that causes pain. Well, oh, yeah, okay, they... so then they bring they bring David Thewlis back to the, back to the ranch, <laughs> back to the old ranch, and then uh, I guess it's the first time that, you know, we have like Dr. Moreau introducing all the creatures at the yeah, dinner he's table. Like, Here are my sons. Yes, and I'm these like, are my I... sons. He's like, this is Azazel. And then it's Tamura Morrison's character. And you kind of see all the other people that he has like dressed up in tuxedos and suits and, and his mini me, of course. Mm-hmm. Now this mini me, uh, played by the rat man himself. Uh, <laughs> wait, what is his name? I had it in front of me just a second ago. Uh, Nelson De La Rosa. He was a famous star in, I think, South America or something like that. Spain, Spanish. I don't know. He spoke Spanish. I don't know. But he in was the, a star. He was, uh, yeah, he was. All I know is that he was in the Italian film Ratman. Oh God. Oh. So yeah, he was a huge star. I think somebody, one of the producers, saw him on TV, and they wanted to hire him for the movie. And then Brando saw him and fell in love. Just with fell him. in love with him and wanted him to be his sidekick. And I guess had the production like make mini props so there's one scene where brando's playing like a grand <laughs> and piano mini costume versions mini. of brando's weird everything brando is wearing <laughs> i love it it's so funny and they had to build like what a little if he is the one the little guy showed up wearing that costume and brando's <laughs> like well i need one of those now <laughs> that would be Just, interesting I, but then the little guy's his costume is like you know a, a thimble on his head and you know his his robes are made from like uh, you know just like a dusting towel because he's so small. He doesn't get killed later, does he? I, I don't know what think happens so because no. uh, when when Brando eventually gets killed, I think he just runs away. Probably because <laughs> he's in every scene with Brando. Oh, he's his double. They got to kill him too. Yeah, if that's the case. <laughs> Maybe test audiences loved him so much that if they shot him dying, they're like, well, we can't have this appear on screen. Yeah, that'd be too much. <laughs> so obviously, yeah, he's the inspiration for Mini-Me from Austin Powers. <laughs> Holy crap. It's just so... Uh, this is the real Mini-Me, not yeah. this uh, imitation, much taller Mini-Me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rest in peace, Vern Troyer. Mm-hmm. Rest in power, I mean. Oh. I don't know, he was kind of weird. <laughs> or are you taking a moment of silence, Colin? I am. You're like, ah. I'm just pouring out some of my beer here. Oh, uh, yeah. His last uh, few years. Oh, boy. Do uh, not read up on them. Yeah. I just remember like reality shows. And, yeah. Uh, and being, hey, you got to make money somehow. Yeah, it's true. Um, okay. Uh I don't really remember like how we get to the the, the third act of this movie, but <laughs> like shit starts to really hit the fan. Well, yeah. They have a... Uh, uh, well, 
because of the dead rabbit, they realize that uh, one of the animals has like eaten the rabbit and there has to be a trial. Somebody kind of points out like Mark Dacascos and says like, he was the one who did it, the, the cheetah man. And there's a big trial the next day in front of everybody. And then, you know, they find him guilty and Tamora Morrison just shoots him in the head with something. Yes, as we mentioned. With something, like, Colin. I thought you it's w- a gun. I thought that's Guns what you wanted are dangerous. to do. No, but he had like some spike in his head or something. Like, it was this weird... Oh, I thought they had a gun because uh, Marlon Brando's like, where'd you get that gun? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I have thought a it's feeling... established later that the animals don't get guns until they take over hmm. the island. Yeah, like Tamura Morrison has this... It, it was almost like something that you'd kill like a, a, you know, a cow with. a nail gun. With. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I forget what those. Like, anyway, as we mentioned, he's uh, dead and they burn him. So the whole thing power, is like, Mark you can't kill animals. That he kills this cheetah man. Uh, Marlon Brando looks really surprised. Like, he's oh, just my not God. supposed to. He just said, I thought that's what you wanted. Okay. Why did he have the gun in the first place? I don't understand. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, you're guilty of killing an animal. Animal, kill the animal. Yeah, like, it makes even sense. though he didn't, that's not what he wanted to happen. But then he's like, okay. Marlon Brando's like, ooh, it's too hot. I can't think of what's going on. <laughs> and then, yeah. So he's like, uh, burn his body. So he brings him to the crematorium and it's like, uh, what is it? Hyena, hyena yeah, swine. Yeah, as previously mentioned, he realizes that, because they know that they have something. He finds in a them, chip that's you know. left over in his ashes and he's like, oh, you know, it's stuck to one of his ribs. And then he mm. pulls out his own pain chip and then teaches a bunch of other animals his cronies to do the, to same, do the same thing, thing. yeah so and then they're taken over they, they've taken over the island this is no longer the island of dr moreau and, and then, like in the story it's mentioned that val kilmer is like drugging these animals and giving mm-hmm. them like shrooms and shit well it shows him doing it they're all yeah, yeah he's up. giving them like injections it's to keep to them, keep them uh, from retrogressing and from <laughs> from getting any ideas i guess about you know being too aggressive or taking over the island or something, but he just keeps them doped up all the time. And of course, and then he says that he takes it. Then too. later we see him take it. And he's like, yeah, it's good stuff, man. I really can't remember what happens, but how do we get to Brando being killed by all the animals? Because Marlon uh, Brando animals just kind of show up in his, um, <laughs> Uh, house and he's like, "Hey, animals, how's it going?" <laughs> oh yeah, and then oh, they like intimidate no! him. But Marlon Brando, <laughs> yeah. he's really not in this movie very much. No, he's like, in, as it, we know him, we feels like he's in why. three scenes or yeah, something. Like it, because he wasn't really available to film, and then when he showed up, he barely wanted to film at all. So that's just what happened. So uh, we skip the scene where Feruza Balk is like, "I'm turning into an, a manimal," and she shows like her pointy <laughs> teeth. And then uh, she's like, I just want to be like you. And then Marlon Brando correctly reads the audience and goes, oh, no, you don't want to be like me. Look at me. And then it just fades to the next scene. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So then like like later, like David Thewis realizes that Val Kilmer took his DNA to make Feruza Balk not regress, I guess. I think so. It's very complicated. And uh, like after Marlon Brando dies, it's. Literally just David Thewlis and Val Kilmer sitting in a laboratory, staring off into space it's, for like 20 minutes. It's like a free-for-all, and I kind of imagine this is what the set was like. You know, after mm-hmm. Brando left, it's just like, all right. It's just Val Kilmer doing a Brando imitation yeah, which for the is, rest of the movie. It's really good. and he, Yeah, it just goes on and on and on. And well, there, like, isn't there like a rave? There's yes, like an animal there rave. rave. Yeah, there is. Yeah, and uh, so that was again. This I I liked that part of the movie because I was like, <laughs> "What's gonna happen? Hyena's taking over. Everything is, you know, he's he's drunk with power because you know, as we all know, 
you know, you can't just replace one power structure with another one. Mm-hmm. Everything goes to shit, and they kill Feruza Balk. Yeah, they hang um, they her. They hang her from a rope, it's which like, is awful. Yeah. And David Thewlis, looking very drunk, is like, no. Yeah, he's like, can't be bothered emerging. And, that's, that's, and then, like, David Thewlis doesn't really have anything to do for the rest of the movie. He never does. He never has anything yeah. to do in this movie. whole movie. Yeah, like, because his goal, he wants to leave, but then he kind of realizes he can't. So he's just, like, shocked at what's happening and just, like, watching what's happening. It's kind of like a waste of a character. Yeah, and then he, uh, I mean, there's, like, one scene where he tries to escape. He goes down to the beach and gets on a boat. And then there's just these, like, CG mouse people that kind of jump out of the re- shadows and then he just jumps off the boat and then that's that's it that's the end of the scene yeah that's the only time he tries to escape he's like ah computer generated effects oh, and no. then he runs off <laughs> yeah. they, they, that scene feels very uh, unfinished like they didn't get like the end of the scene yeah there's sort of no point to it really so you're saying they didn't look as good as the CGI rats in Nutcracker 3D uh, oh, no. See, no technology not even just close. wasn't you know back then <laughs> yeah, <it wasn't> there, <laughs> yeah. I have to I have to say the uh, visual effects supervisor Kevin Mack is uh, he's since gone on to win an Oscar he won an Oscar for uh, What Dreams May Come he's <laughs> I saw that movie oh, I, yeah, I remember it uh, uh, I'm laughing because Robin Williams just brings a smile to my face oh, okay. even in death yes literally in What Dreams May Come <laughs> yeah Kevin Mack yeah, is he's uh, very very smart guy very nice guy I've met him a couple of times uh, <laughs> I knew that's how you were going to go with that conversation. Visual effects guy, though, very nice man. Very nice man. No, he is. He's, he's a great guy. He's beloved. I believe the, you. Beloved in the industry. I don't know where he is. Is he? Up. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone loves him. He's great. So he he got off to a rocky start. This was, like, the first movie that he was the visual effects supervisor on. Um, uh, but since then, he's done some some really good stuff. And he's a very cool guy. But, uh, yeah, I, I think even he would admit that it's not you know digital domain at the can, time can was you not, imagine he's still like no these are great effects no digital domain at the time was not known for character animation mm. uh you know they think we were doing like true lies and titanic you know any kind of like technical type of thing but character animation was not their strong suit and, well i don't even remember these things yeah <laughs> the, the rats i don't remember them they're like it's like three shots or something uh, they're just like one of the you see like <laughs> you see the moving in the shadows and then the, you see the shadow of one of them kind of going. Oh. I will say a movie like this, there's so many creatures that you kind of just it, it all starts to blend together because it's like nothing I mean, but creatures. They look yeah. good, but I wish they all were distinct in their designs because yeah. they're all kind of like monkey men. Yeah, and, yeah, there's like pig men, boar men, but they all—they're all, all kind of like hairy. They—they—they they, yeah, they do look I wanted similar. like a lizard man or like more of a cat man. Yeah, isn't there in the documentary in the Richard Stanley thing? There's like a cat man in a trench coat walking around. Oh, that would be awesome. I don't think yeah. so, but maybe that was in the concept. What if they art. had like uh, like it was in the concept art? Yeah, they had like McGruff the crime dog or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, around. apparently, uh, uh, both. And he's like rapping like his McGruff uh, album. Which, <laughs> oh no! If people listen to this haven't heard is amazing. Every song is about drugs, and they're all bangers. Um, it makes you want to do, do drugs. Crack or cocaine? No. <laughs> Can you find this on YouTube? Oh yeah, it's on YouTube. It's amazing. Oh, I've considered of like crafting a whole musical around covers of those oh, songs. That'd be so good because they're that good. That okay. sounds like fun. Well, I know what I'm doing after this podcast recording. Drugs. That's what he's doing. <laughs> Just like McGruff the crime dog was arrested for, yeah. and I'm not joking. Well, Con- you know that happened, right? What? 
the, the guy who played McGruff was arrested for like drug possession and like owning. Always the case with these, <laughs> the guy who does this. Voice. He was sentenced for 16 years for drugs and weapons crime. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> oh, he spoke the words, but he didn't listen. Yeah, he didn't um, <laughs> live didn't, the life. Didn't take them to heart. He had 27 weapons, including a grenade launcher. Oh my good lord, that's a lot. <laughs> And he also had a thousand. He had um, a thousand marijuana plants. <laughs> I'm guessing he didn't have a license for that grenade launcher. <laughs> nope. An unlicensed. McGruff has a lot of enemies. Okay. Wow. Well, maybe everyone's mad at him for uh, starting the war on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's going to end that war with that arsenal. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, okay, Colin. What did you like about this movie? Uh, well, you know the uh, the character design was pre- was pretty cool. I mean the the <laughs> the design, but not the effect. No, I said no, the effects. You said the I effects. Said the makeup. You already kind of took that. I actually like uh, Tamora Morrison and the hyena swine. I think hyena swine, mm-hmm. especially, he kind of becomes the big bad at the end. But yeah, his performance is really good. Well, the thing about Tamora Morrison's character is that they say he's supposed to be a dog. Yeah. But he doesn't really look like a dog. He no. just looks like a guy with half dreadlocks half like gray hair in a with like a you know a fake nose with oh, a, in a tuxedo this, is this a set of nightbreed am i on the right set? yeah no? it looks oh, like hang around here yeah it looks like yeah. when you mix too many uh types of animals that's when they get to all look you know, he's a mutt samey, just like mcgruff the crime <laughs> oh, Jesus yeah he's a mutt. i'm glad I'm me, because I'm glad <laughs> I'm me. My life is really great. Oh, These are actual lyrics. <laughs> if this turned into a musical, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Someone's got to have made a, a musical of Dr. Moreau. Yeah, I, feel I like want it lends to itself. celebrate. Uh, yeah, I mean, we haven't really talked about Val Kilmer, because he gets kind of just killed in the most, like, laissez-faire way, just shot. That's it. He's done. Yeah, he's, no he's really drunk, and then, they, yeah, they just shoot him in the stomach. He's, and like, then... just floating throughout this movie uh, in scenes where he clearly doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So it's like, again, his character doesn't really make any sense, because you feel like he doesn't want to be there. I love how the poster is like Brando, Kilmer, and it's like they're barely in this it's movie. It's like yeah, De Niro and Pacino. Thulis is nowhere like to be seen on that poster. <laughs> Brando, Thulis. <laughs> and I mean, Feruza Balk as well uh, is not like a name. Uh, you know, she is now because everybody has nostalgia for you know the, the, the craft, the, the craft, and like I said, she was an almost famous, but mm-hmm. she's not a huge star. She isn't. That's really weird. Um, I, I checked her IMDb. She has has been working this whole time but it's just yeah. like smaller things um was she things one of those actors seen. that was deemed or uh difficult i feel like she was because you know she's a woman and everything so yeah like it's possible well this this was the movie yeah. i mean they talk about it in the documentary where she tried to like she was really good friends with richard stanley and then when he was fired she tried to leave basically she wanted and to walk was threatened by her agent like you're gonna get sued they're gonna ruin your career forever meanwhile fucking val kilmer can do whatever the fuck he wants um, yeah, because he's a man. He can act like a huge asshole. He, like, the stories they were telling in the documentary were horrific. Like, the stuff, he was, like, burning people with, like, cigarettes and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like, like, while they're doing takes. While, yeah, it was, like, focus, focus puller. Focus puller. Uh, during a take and stuff like that. He was just a prick to everybody. I'll never enjoy Top Secret again. Yeah, well, it was, like, he, I think it was right before this movie started, 
he saw on TV that his wife was suing him for divorce or something like that. <laughs> he saw on TV. Yeah, he saw it in some like Access Hollywood thing, and then was served divorce papers uh, on set or something. So like in that. other words, it was a woman's fault that he exactly, was exactly. Yeah. So he was a huge prick, and I think this was the movie that gave him the the sort of reputation of being like a huge asshole to deal with and you know well he was when you're and prick, he was didn't bullying. he follow up this movie with when did he make batman forever uh, right before this he yeah, was doing was. He was he was doing press for batman forever when richard stanley went to meet with that's him. right yeah so that was 93 um so yeah i mean you know with the odd thing here and there i don't think he had the career that he should have Val Kilmer? Yeah. Oh, no. He was dead after this because, like, The Ghost in the Darkness, the movie where Val Kilmer fights a lion yeah. or tiger, I don't remember. Uh, the Saint, remember that? <sighs> no, nobody does. But no, you're right. He like, pl- this was the height of his career, the early Moses 90s. God so, yeah. as the Prince of Egypt? Yeah, he still worked, but it was like. <laughs> I kinda... saw the Prince of Egypt. <laughs> but you, you, everybody knew, like, you know, you don't want to. Once you get a, a difficult label in that, Hollywood. But People he don't... was difficult oh, yeah, and he deserved sure. it and he deserves to reap the consequences. Um, when women are branded with difficult it's because they refuse to go out to dinner with a, a, a director. Yeah, exactly. It's it's shit like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, I love Fruzabok. I think she's amazing. But unfortunately, she's not good in this because nobody is good in this movie. I don't think she's bad. They don't it's know just... what to... It's, they all are in scenes where they feel like they don't know yeah. what they're, how they're supposed to be saying these lines. Everybody is floundering <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because nobody knows what's going on. Apparently, they yeah, they'd rewrite the, the script every single day. Brando didn't even read the script. He had an earpiece. He had an earpiece, which I wonder if that inspired Johnny Depp. I know. I read, that's the word on the street is that that's how Johnny up does his lines for Pirates of the Caribbean now. Yeah, he would have his assistant or something. <laughs> now is Johnny Depp still making more Pirates of the Caribbean? Oh, they'll movies? never go. Away. Yeah, they're money. No, makers. no, no. Johnny Depp is done. I don't think no more movies from the Deppmeister. Yeah, I don't know. You'll see him pop up from now and again. Another Pirates movie. Oh yeah. Oh, they fired him though from they did. that Harry Potter franchise. Yeah. 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 Well. Whatever. Well, that yeah. franchise should be dead anyway. It's the worst. This, those Fantastic Beasts movies are absolutely terrible. That last one was so, so bad. It's, it's, it's incomprehensible. Just like Dr. Moreau itself, the island of, this podcast has run out of steam. It is, what yeah. It's just sort of like ends. I was kind of writing notes, like all the plot beats. And then it just mm-hmm. sort of gets to the end and you're just like, ah, oh, it's like a big kind of... There's like a weird gunfight where like no one is gunfighting each other. Yeah, like... and then just David Thewlis just gets in a boat and leaves. It's like a big... Yeah, and then, and then there's narration where he's like, and then I floated around a lot. Left. Yeah, like, so I guess Peace has returned to the island and he just builds a raft you and just... the little monkey guy yeah. is like, don't leave. That's two times he was set adrift in the ocean on like a, a raft or a dinghy and and it's not a big deal. He'll get. He'll find someone. Yeah, he, someone will rescue he even him. Know where he is? No, he says. Uh, he goes. I told them of the island, but I left out the longitude and the latitude, <laughs> so they could never find it. Do you think he lands on like another island and it's filled with like lizard men? And he's like, "Here we go again." No, it's like the end of Deep Rising. Like, well, that's what? exactly what I was thinking what of. Now? Where he's like, "Now what?" Yeah. <laughs> I would love for to just sort of flash ahead in time and he's just like a skeleton on the boat on the raft he goes i don't know <laughs> no 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 no. we got it we got it it's a dtv sequel to deep rising <laughs> starring treat williams and david thewlis was he in deep rising david thewlis no i've never seen this no deep no no but there's it's their characters because david thewlis has run into these uh monster men before i know how to deal with this 
Um, yep. So what do you think is David Thewlis's best role? Um, I really enjoyed him in uh, the 1990s Black Beauty. Uh, he played uh, a, a character that Black Beauty met, and uh, he was very good in that. He was a horse? No, he was a Wait, person. What? Oh. Is this is this Thulis cast now? <laughs> I, just like let's talk about David Thulis a little bit. Uh, Wait, do you just love David Thulis, April? I do, but it's he's just one of those actors that just kept showing up in things, mm-hmm. and to the point where I was like, I it's that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he was in Harry, wow, Harry he Potter. He makes a lot of bad choices. Listen to this filmography. <laughs> he has um, Basic Instinct Two, oh, the Omen remake. Oh no. Of course, because he is British, he has to appear in a whole bunch of Harry Potter films. He's mm-hmm. a werewolf man, right? That's right, yeah. yeah that's right. Professor Lycan? Lupin. Mm-hmm. Lupin. Lupin. Okay. Sorry. Uh, he was in Red 2 uh, <laughs> hey, he was with the, Bruce Willis. Oh, remember, he was in Wonder Woman. Yeah, he was the big bad in Wonder Woman. Yeah, he, he was turned the into, war god guy. He turned into CG. Yeah. You can tell because he has the big bushy mustache. Oh, 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 bushy and he mustache. was in Dragonheart, wasn't he? He was. He yeah. was yes. the little pansy. Did he play the dragon? Pansy <laughs> prince. That was the first time that I saw him was in Dragonheart, and I Probably was like, "Me too." Uh, he was like the who does he? Do? He was the bad guy. He was like the bad prince, and I. But I just oh. remember he had this horrible hairdo. It was like this red, it was frizzy, like floppy, frizzy right? hair, and he just looked like he had. He just looked so gross to look at. I'm like, oh, who is this guy? Yeah, um, but you know what's funny is I have no memories of Dragonheart, but I vividly remember the full moon ripoff of it, Dragon World. <laughs> I guess that's just the one that you grew up with because I yeah, I grew up with one. Dragonheart. Yeah, I've <laughs> seen. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm lying. It's not a ripoff. It came out in 1994. Dragonheart came out in 1996. Oh shit! So. It was one of those like yeah, who, yeah who it's a first. reverse ripoff. <laughs> oh wait, he did the voice of the Earthworm in James and the Giant Peach. Okay, um, good for yes. him. Not a fan. I haven't. Okay, I saw okay. it when I was a kid. I don't Kurt, really. Good for him. Yeah. Um, oh, I almost <laughs> forgot Anomalisa. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's you right. You really should oh, see yeah. that movie. Yeah. It's really good, and like the artistry is amazing, mm-hmm. and it's just a really good. I mean, you. I would say it's one of the least depressing Charlie Cotton <laughs> Really? Movies. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's um, a laugh a minute. Hey, well, you know what? Buckle up because you're going to get t- double the David Thewlis because he's in <gasps> Avatar 2 and Avatar 3. No way! Coming oh. 2032. Oh, you know what? Yeah, when you yeah. said I double, wait. I thought he was going to be playing like a twin. <laughs> I'm seeing double for David Thewlis. <laughs> <laughs> but it would give you like David Thewlis. Oh, to... well, as I've mentioned, oh. he's in. I'm, I'm thinking of ending things, and he's hilarious. No, it'd be like, yes, he's very funny. Two killers, two brothers, two lists. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wait, did we all pick our favorite thing? I said Mark Dacascos. Uh, April ma- Cop Town said the special effects. Yeah. yeah, there's really not a lot um, that's amazing. But, in you know, this. to conclude, I would totally recommend this movie. I had a blast. I mean, we were having, we had some alcohol because it was, we had. It's required. We had Valentine's dinner and wine. Yeah, I think you have to, at at some point, watch the documentary. I would say watch the documentary over this, but it's, they're a good combo. Like, watch them uh, back to back. Yeah, once you watch a documentary, you're going to have to watch the uh, finished product to see what it turned out. But I feel like maybe you should watch the movie first, which is not what I did, but. Um, I, I do have to say that I think if you watch the movie afterwards, you might appreciate it a bit more because it for all the shit that went down behind the scenes, it, it's kind of coherent and I've seen much worse movies. Also, there's so much money behind it. Like, yeah. 
it does have like it does look like the budget that it is although they yeah, were burning a, money basically every it's not day. huge but it, you know it, it doesn't uh, it's not the disaster that you would expect from the documentary is what i'm trying yeah. to say for a movie where none of the actors knew what was going on yeah and nobody was paying attention the entire thing was sabotaged <laughs> from day one they are so lucky that they got what they got it's funny like going back you know richard stanley returned with color out of space which was actually pretty good i didn't it was you know, okay it was okay um yeah you wouldn't mind seeing his take on dr moreau again well i have a comic book to sell you then oh, really <laughs> Colin. what yep it, was did, it a richard stanley die? comic book uh they've talked about doing it that way yeah oh. the thing is with all of these um you know documentaries about movies uh where these directors tried to make something but couldn't yeah they're never going to get to make that movie. Well, like uh, Hodorowski's Dune. What like, about, uh, you know, Lost uh, in La Mancha? Mr. Terry Gilliam okay. with Don I Quixote? I did, but uh, oh, you're right. He, he tried six but times, he finally hated, made it. <laughs> everyone hated it. It was supposed yeah, to be, yeah. And then it comes out, it's like, oh no, Terry Gilliam. It's a shame you passed away so many years ago. <laughs> well, just check his Twitter. It just goes from cursed directors. Oh no, don't do that. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, there's that Superman movie. Uh, oh, yeah, Superman Lives, directed by Tim Burton. Yeah, um, enlightening. That was another production that was like sabotaged by people <clears throat> who you know were getting in the way of the process. What was the producer's name again? Peter Giant Spiders. Yeah. Peter Goober. Gruber. No, no, it was Peter something. I'm not sure. I forget his name. I'd recommend that too. But anyway, I oh, would Peters. John Peters, maybe. John Peters. John Peters. Yeah. I would recommend the the Island of Doctor Moreau. Absolutely, it's yeah, such it a a mess that like it, you have to you have to witness it <laughs> well yeah I and I, it's enjoyably bad in my opinion it's just with, with brando it's just like oh my god almighty you gotta see you gotta see like, this guy shit. you have to see it not enough of him but i would 100 percent recommend the documentary lost soul it's on amazon prime it is so uh it's not a slick documentary or particularly well made but the stories the people have from on set are just unbelievable yeah they got some good interviews Holy and crap. uh island of dr moreau you can rent off i uh, Apple movie. What's it called? iTunes. iTunes. It hasn't been iTunes in a long time, I think. Yeah, it's always been iTunes. Oh, but no, I think it changed its name, didn't I it? Or, oh. Well, because there's Apple Music, and I think this is called. There's like, Apple App- Podcasts as well. Yeah, the thing is, it's not a tune, it's a movie. So. I know, but it just started out that way. <laughs> oh, no, you're, uh, Colin's right, too. It's still called iTunes, the actual app that you go through. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just wrong then. <laughs> Whatever, man. Uh, okay, well, um, thank you for listening, and thank you to Matt Cote for the amazing uh, recommendation. Um, also, this clocked in at an hour 40, so it was a perfect <laughs> perfect length for a movie. If you want to email the podcast, we're at no such thing as a bad movie at gmail.com, and we're on Twitter at no such thing pod. And if you want to donate to the podcast and become a patron, we're on patreon.com slash no such thing as a bad movie. And if you're on the $2 level uh, or up, you can be submitted to uh, pick a movie the next uh, time we do these episodes, which is uh, turning out to be uh, once every six episodes we do the listener request month. And if you're at the $5 level, you can get a little bonus episode every two weeks. And we're uh, going to be doing a very special uh, Q&A episode for patrons as soon as we hit 200. And I think Ooh. we're at uh, 186 right now. So Whoa. we're getting there. We're getting pretty close. So thanks to everybody who joined and uh, all our new uh, Patreon subscribers. I mean, if you're a new listener and you're not a Patreon subscriber, don't you want to hear Colin talk about uh, Wolverine Origins, which he worked <laughs> 
worked on. Or Spawn. You can only listen to that on Patreon. Did we do Spawn as a yeah, Patreon episode? A full-length episode yeah, on Spawn yeah. is a uh, Patreon exclusive. We could do another one on the, the movie The Wild, the Disney movie that I was in. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you do a voice. I, I worked on it and, yeah. and do a voice of one of the characters. It's actually on Disney Plus right now in, in oh. a never-before-seen HD version. So how big are your um, checks that you get in the mail for doing the oh, voice? Oh, let me tell you. They're so big. You don't really get checks, they're, do they're so big that obviously they can't fit them in the regular mailbox because yeah, I like don't see Yeah, like novelty checks. I'm, I'm One ass- of those giant yeah, checks? Yeah, I'm assuming yeah. they're being held somewhere for me to pick up at some point. Oh. Uh, if you want to check me out on Instagram, Twitter, I'm at April Mansky, also on Letterboxd. Uh, I'm on Twitter, DeCluj, D-E-C-L-O-U-X, or letter J, or check out uh, the videos I've been doing weekly on Film Trap on YouTube, where I have a show called The Best New Movie Show, where I talk about three new movies that come out every week and pick the best one. And you can find me on Twitter, Sergeant Zima, S-G-T-Z-I-M-A, and uh, Instagram as well, uh, and Thulis Cast, a podcast. <laughs> yeah, where we go through about. every David Thulis episode. I gotta say... People are just not talking about him enough. <laughs> you know? we need to... There is not enough David Thewlis uh, talk. It's Even true. though April has not seen probably his most famous performance in Naked. I have I know. That means she's a real Thewlis fan. I should really watch Because, it. you know, she doesn't need to see the best one. She just knows he's good. She's seen Dragonheart. She knows what he's capable of. Exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, have a good uh, week. I'm April at Man's <laughs> Really need to get uh, I'm Justin DeClue. April forgot how to end the podcast. She's like, have a week. Have John a week. Frankenheimer has taken over this podcast. <laughs> I don't know how to end it. He's putting it, I don't care. putting it back on the rails. Hey, what were the three movies that he got after this, uh, directing this movie? Uh, Ronin, maybe? Wasn't it? It was Ronin, uh, Reindeer Games, and wait, let me look. John Frankenheimer. Sorry to derail. You should derail do Frankenstein. <laughs> Frankenheimer's Frankenstein. That was his dream project. <laughs> There's a guy on uh, uh, Twitter that I follow, John Frankensteiner. Uh, <laughs> and he has a lot of... You know what? I was right. It was Ronan, Reindeer Games, and that's it. He made a TV movie called Pass to War. Oh. And, and yeah, that's well, all there Well, the maybe the three-picture deal included Moreau. Because mm. uh, <laughs> he wanted to make Moreau. Yeah, that's my passion project. Anyway, that's I love gambling. I need I need jobs. <laughs> sign off. Okay. I'm Colin Cunningham. And remember, there's no such thing as a bad movie. Wait, did all three of us sign off already? We already did it. Before. Yeah, we did. Uh, Wait, do we just do we figure out that man is the true animal? Oh, man is the true animal. <laughs> <laughs>